Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. It's Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO, and I hope you guys are having a blast. We are now heard around the globe on the Home Business Radio Network. It's it's kind of funny. I'm going to pull up a uh, – the the crew has got me this really cool reporting stat now where I can actually see what's happening and see what's going on and, and where we're at. And I, I want to share something with you because you guys, our listeners, are, are truly what makes this happen. In February of this year, uh, we, had, we had had, on average, uh, about – I'm trying to look here, about 2,949 listeners for the month. And I felt I felt pretty blessed with that. And then in March, we jumped up to 10,000 uh, listeners. And then in April, we dropped down to 9,800. Then in May, we went up to 11,000. Then in June, we went to 12,000. And then in July, we went to 25,000. So far, halfway through the month of August, we're at 26,000 listeners. And folks, that's that's you guys. And and I am so humbled uh, because that doesn't that just counts what's actually listening to us when we do these shows live on Blog Talk Radio. This does not count all of the listen to. We're we're now up to the number four rated show on the Home Business Radio Network, and it's you guys that have really come together and said, we love what you're doing, and, and thank you for continuing to do what you do. And I thought, wow, this is just, it, it just blows me away. So I want to say thank you. That's the only reason I tell you that, is to say thank you for continuing to listen. I was reading a book. I've got a, a book that I carry with me along with my Bible. It's called Unshakable Foundations, and it's based on uh, the basically the, the first principles that Aristotle taught and I'm not going to go into it. We could never do it on a radio show because it's so in-depth. Uh, but I tell you what, it's amazing when you start to understand logic and deductions and math and how it all blends into everything that's going on in life, especially politics. Um, it's, it's, it just blows my mind. But we have started a brand-new book by a wonderful friend of mine, Ken Dunn. And the book is called Being the Change. Inspired to Win in Network Marketing, How Seven of the World's Most Inspirational Leaders Changed One Man's Life. And Ken and his business partner, uh, Fred Nino, just launching a brand new company. I'm, I'm excited about what they're doing. They are, uh, they are clients of mine. We're documenting their, their startup. It's going to be a phenomenal uh, story, I think, in network marketing before it's all through. But in this book, Ken is sharing his life and how he had to change. And it, and it meant so much to me because I didn't go to school to change. Matter of fact, in high school, I was, I was pretty much dog set in my ways. I would take on the world for somebody else, but very seldom did I worry about my, myself. I mean, I'd get my butt in trouble. But it was like I became a superman if I saw somebody that was an underprivileged or somebody being hurt. 
And after a while, I became self-cynical, and then I and then I joined the Marine Corps, and that really didn't help anything. I went from thinking I was bad to to knowing that I could really kill people. So that that wasn't really good when you've got this this anger issue and this this inferiority complex. You mix them all up, and you become my uncle George, you know. And it's like holy Toledo. I mean, I was just a nasty person to live with. And then one day, like Ken, I decided I wanted to be different. I started looking at guys out there. I remember the first book that really made a difference in my life was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Then I read Tony Robbins' book, Unlimited Power. Then I read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Then I started reading more in the Bible. Then I started reading John Maxwell. I started realizing I've got the power to change. And I can do that. Today we're in, in chapter 2. Gandhi changed my life. Gandhi said this, You must be the change you wish to see in the world. Now I've studied Gandhi quite a bit just because I, I thought it was amazing how this one raggedy old dude could, could like freaking change India's history. And I did a gigantic report. My mom can attest to this. I did a huge report in high school on India and learning about India because I was, I mean, I'm blown away. This, do you realize this is the world's largest democracy? I mean, it's crazy. You know, one of the world's largest deodorant factories is in India, and they don't even use deodorants. I mean, that's how backwards weird this country is. But here's Mahat, I can't ever say his name. Here's Gandhi, I'll just put it that way. I don't need to say his first name. But here's what Ken says. He says, when my wife... Julie gave me the little Gandhi quote. It had a dramatic impact on my life. When I looked at it for the first time, it struck me deeply the right way. Listen, this is important. One small phrase can impact a person's life, negative or positive. One small phrase. If you still believe the myth, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, then you're just a fool. Plain and simple, a fool. Because words can cut like a knife. They can have a poisonous effect, just like the venom out of a doggone rattlesnake or a cobra. At the same time, words can make a man feel like he's invincible and make a woman feel like she's the greatest female that ever walked the face of the earth. My wife's dad was not good with words, and he cut her like a knife in ways as a child that that still impact her today. And no matter what I say or what others say sometimes, inside she'll say, I just don't know about that. She'll get a review back from her editors, and they'll cut it up and it will affect her. They're questioning her ability. They make her question her ability. And then she gets fan mail. A lady 62 years old still looking for love who read one of her inspirational romances and said, Paige, please don't stop writing. I know there's a man for me out there somewhere. Words. One small phrase. See, this is what 
really amazes me with people. Because people will go through life just being nasty and hurting other people. And they don't take time to do what Ken has done or what I've done or what a million other people have done. Say, I want to change. See, Ken says something else in here. He said, I had tremendous pain over the realization that I had so much changing to do if I was going to become the person I so deeply desired to be. You know, it's funny. When I started following these guys and, and putting their story out on the Internet, I, I had a buddy of mine say, good gosh, are, are people just jumping into another company? And I said, jumping into another company? Dude, we're talking about a guy that decided for whatever whacked out reason to leave the field and go into corporate. My good friend Richard Brooks wrote on one of the one of the pages, he said, congrats. I'm proud that Ken will have a company with his DNA in it now. See, this is, this is kind of what it's about. We all have the pain that we're going to have to go through to make change. The question is, are you willing to go through that? See, most people would not want to go through the pain. They'll run towards pleasure, and they'll run away from pain every time. You know why people go to Vegas? They can forget about the pain. They can go to the slot machines. They can drink. They can have unlimited sex as long as they got some money. They can do whatever the heck they want to do to avoid the pain of change. Now, I'm not saying everybody goes to Vegas goes for that reason. I go once or twice a year for business. But I'm saying you can see the horror story, so I know that it's fact. And yet here, one phrase allowed Ken to realize, I can change. See, Ken says, my interpretation is that you have to be accountable for any and all change you want to see in your life and in the world. You have to be accountable. Sadly, the majority of people don't want to be accountable for their own actions, period. I wouldn't have done that, Dad, if they hadn't have been driving. What do you mean? You weren't driving. Well, I know, but, 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 no buts. Oh, I understand peer pressure. But it's you. It's just like every man. Well, I wouldn't have gotten into an affair if she hadn't looked so sexy. Or a woman. I wouldn't have gotten in an affair if my husband would just love me more. No, 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 no. Take accountability for your actions. You have to be accountable for all change you want to see in yourself and in the world. See, we all have issues. We all have trials and tribulations that we're going to go through. But those people that rise out of the ashes like a phoenix do so because they say, I don't have to take this crap. My circumstances aren't going to dictate what my happiness is going to be. We just learned this from Dr. Cloud. But you can take it back further and back. Go to the book of Job. There's no fancy miracle in Job. As a matter of fact, there's just devastation. It's a story about how, how God and the devil decided to fight over one man's soul. I don't know why they don't make a movie about this. This would be great. The devil goes up to heaven. I'll tell you the story real quick. It's not in Ken's book, but I think it, it fits. The devil goes up to heaven and says, God, I see this dude down here, and he says that you're the, you're the, you're the big stud. You're the man. And I think he's full of crap, and I think if you let me do stuff to him that he'll change, he'll, he'll hate your guts. 
God said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Being the betting man that I am, I'll bet that you're wrong. And you can do anything to him you want to except kill him. So the first thing, I mean, well, here's what happens in a nutshell because we only got 30 minutes. Well, now we only got 15. Satan wipes out his, his business, takes his wife, takes his kids, puts all kinds of crappy boils and diseases all over him. Makes it nasty. He's sitting in a pile of ashes just so he could feel better. It's probably kind of like baby powder or cornstarch. Mama used to put cornstarch on my butt. That's probably what it was. So here's what here's what's going on. His friends come up and say, God, curse your God. Look what he's doing to you. Job goes, no, he didn't do it. Somewhere or another, I've missed something. i got to figure out what it is. His wife, curse your God. Nah, it's not God's fault, man. I missed something somewhere along the way. i got to figure this out. Lord, I don't know what I did, but this is this sucks. Why am I going through this? What what am I what am I doing? Finally the devil gave up. God said, I told you. He's a man after my own heart. Gave Job more than he ever had before. Job took a took responsibility for his actions even though he didn't know what it was. Gandhi had tenacity. Gandhi wasn't rich, he didn't own anything, didn't believe in violence, and yet he was killed for what he believed in, what he stood for. He condemned dictators, he condemned crooked governments, he encouraged people to boycott. But this is funny. He never once condemned people personally, never made it a personal deal. He said, yet in spite of everything, he never spoke ill of others, he stayed true to his beliefs. His spiritual beliefs, his belief in independence, his belief in the rights and the dignity of mankind. That's pretty powerful. What's funny is Ken started looking at other leaders like Mother Teresa. You know, in network marketing we say, what's your why? What's your why? Do you know Mother Teresa's why? She loved God. That's it. Plain and simple. Little Irish girl changed the world. Do you know she always flew first class, always stayed in the best hotels? And yet she didn't have a pot to pee in. That's pretty amazing. But you know how she did that? She built trust. She was authentic. It always amazes me on my blog when people say, I bet you can be bought. Mm, When you've got a strong why, you can't be bought. You just fight for the right reasons. Mother Teresa fought for people who could not fight for her, one more religious and and humanitarian awards than I think anybody else and never went after one of them. Just believed that God would be there. God would always provide somehow or another. And then she took action. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to go take some action. Got to come through for us. Then there's Bill Gates. Let's get away from religion for a minute, but let's look at business. Bill Gates asked a question. What will it be like to have a PC in every home in the world? And him and the team he put around him, in less than 10 years, took dominating control of the PC world and 90 to 95% of all computers. Now, I think it's down to about 80% because of Apple, but at that time, 90% of the computers were running on a Windows-based operation, first DOS and then Windows. And during that time period, it wasn't just about business. He gave back to every community that he was ever in. Huge philanthropist. It's amazing. 
Ken says, Juan Carlos, who taught me how to love people, and Michael Klaus, another friend of mine, who taught me about recruiting and network marketing. I started to study their qualities, their traits, and I saw the same fit everywhere I looked. See, true leaders are giving leaders. There's Warren Buffett. Warren at one time was the richest man in the world, now one of the top four. Never left Omaha, Nebraska. Owns three network marketing companies. And it's funny because his, when they ask him, how do you get this? He says, it's the ability. This ability is due to the incredible trust and mentorship I've built in my life. He gives credits to his mentors, and he, and he surrounds himself with people that are better than he is at running his companies. You know what else he does? He's this nostalgic person. When the Omaha Furniture Mart was going bankrupt, he bought it just to keep the doors open. When Dairy Queen was on its last legs and, and it was a place he loved to get his ice cream, he bought the doggone chain, brought it back into existence. When World Work Encyclopedia was going down, he bought it. When Kirby Vacuum Cleaner didn't have a home, he bought it. Plus he owns Geico, that little green thing flip-flops around. And he gives back hugely. Gave all his fortune. Bill Gates, his best friend, said, Dude, we just need to give our money away. Let's let's just form a foundation and do that. And, and Warren Buffett said, well, I don't know anything about foundations. How about if I do this? I'll just leave all the money to you, and you take care of it. So it goes to the Gates Foundation. And then there's Steve Jobs that Ken has followed. Steve Jobs is an interesting man. Started out about the same time that Bill Gates did said, I don't care about my computer being on everywhere. I just want people to have a different experience. And you want to know what happened? Steve Jobs, within 10 years, built this gigantic billion-dollar business, brought in a guy to be his partner, and the guy turned on him, and they fired. The board fired the founder of the company, rejected him, and you thought you had issues. Steve said, I thought I would. I had abandoned most of the people around me. Most of them ran away from me. I didn't run away from them, but there were a trusted few that stuck it out with him. And this is what he wrote. Actually, this is what he said on June 12, 2005, just a few years before he passed away. He said, I was lucky. I found what I love to do in life early. Waz and I started Apple in my parents' garage when I was 20, we worked hard. In the next 10 years, Apple grew from just the two of us to $2 billion company with 4,000 employees. We had released our finest creation, the Macintosh. I had just turned 30, and then I was fired. How can you get fired from the company you started, he says. Well, as Apple grew, we hired somebody who I thought was very talented to run the company with me. And for the first year or so, things went well. But then our visions of the future began to diverge and eventually we had a falling out and the board sided with him. I really didn't know what to do for a few months. I felt that I had I'd let the previous generation of entrepreneurs down, that I had dropped the baton as it was being passed to me. I met with David Packard and Bob Noyce and tried to apologize for screwing up so badly. I was a very public failure, and I even thought about running away from the valley. This was Silicon Valley. But something slowly began to dawn on me. I still loved what I did. 
The turn of events at Apple had not changed that one bit. I'd been rejected, but I was still in love. So I decided to start all over. I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced with the lightness of a beginner again. Less sure about everything, a little, little timid. It freed me to enter one of the most creative periods of my life. During the next five years, I started a company named Next, another computer another computer company. And then I uh, created another company called Pixar and fell in love with the amazing woman who became my wife. Pixar went on to create the world's first computer animated feature film, Toy Story, and is now the most successful animation studio in the world. In a remarkable turn of events, Apple bought Next. I returned to Apple, and the technology we developed at Next is the heart of the Apple's current renaissance. That's the reason we have the iPad, the iPod, the iPhones. And Laverne and I have a wonderful family together. I'm pretty sure none of this would have happened if I hadn't have been fired from Apple. It was an awful tasting medicine, but I guess the patient needed it. Sometimes life hits you in the head like a brick. Don't lose faith. I'm convinced the only thing that kept me going was the love of what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is the truth for your work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work, and the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking, don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. Don't settle. Religious people had a why and a crusade and a cause. Businessmen and women have a crusade and a cause. Great politicians have crusades and a cause. John F. Kennedy is not somebody I probably would have voted for. But he set this country back on a path that did some crazy things. It made people start to love the president again. It took us out of this, this craziness that all it was about was war. War with Russia, war with Vietnam. People started liking what he was doing. He was charismatic. He was young. And you know what the biggest thing I think he ever did? He had this passion. He didn't believe that kids were just part of the sex, drugs, and rock and roll theme. He started the Peace Corps and said, I think that we could really change the world through peace. He said, I want to rally the kids, and he did it. He was a lot like Gandhi. See, both Gandhi and Kennedy were supremely confident. Both of them attributed much of their success from powerful mentors in their life. See, great leaders, and you can do this if you get out of this, this ego, if you get out of the dictatorial, see, this is it. Ken writes it better. Listen. Once leaders identify their driving force, their core task, they stick to it. They never deviate from it no matter what. See, I believe that. Another politician that Ken writes about is Pierre Trudeau, who's the Prime Minister of Canada. See, after Canada won their freedom, 
all of a sudden Canadians were getting freaked out. I think it had to do with some of the French versus the English-speaking people. And, and he brought into history what's called the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedom. He was criticized, but he led through love. He loved all the Canadian people. Through all of this, here's what Ken found in the last few moments of the show. He found ten traits. He said leaders, all these leaders stayed focused. They were all motivated by incredible reasons for what they did. They all had this ability to pull people towards them. They were all able to communicate powerfully and persuasively. They had the ability to build great trust and to give trust. They had confidence in their callings. They were teachable, openly seeking out and finding mentors, always ready to give credit to those mentors. They were all detail-oriented and multitaskers. They all had the ability to live in a moment of now. And number ten, they remained humble and in service to others no matter what. See, it's these ten traits that we're going to be talking about. Because these ten traits are going to show up in positive or negative ways. See, there's three types of leaders. The authoritarian that takes these traits and uses them against people. The complacent leader who doesn't ever really apply these ten traits. And then the inspirational leader who understands with the right roadmap and doing what they love, surrounding them people, surrounding themselves with people who love them and they love, that they can take responsibility for their actions and change the world. Ken says the goal is for all of us to achieve prosperity beyond our wildest dreams with legions of friends and colleagues that trust us and love us. For a long time when I'd hear people talk about prosperity, I thought it meant money. And then I started following guys like Richard Brooks, and B.K. Braco, Ken Dunn, Fred Nino, Gary Racer, and I realized prosperity isn't about money. Prosperity is about changing the world by fulfilling your calling. See, regardless of where you're at right now, what you might be doing in your life, how big your business is or how little it is, once you start applying these ten traits, I think you'll be on your way to obtaining whatever level of prosperity that you're you're desiring. So you do it simply by changing your focus from acquiring money to developing these ten traits and developing others. You gotta become an inspirational leader. See if you're a leader right now and you're an authoritarian or you're complacent, you want to know what's probably happened? You're not really a leader. You're probably out taking a walk, and if you turn around, you'll see nobody's following you. Take some time. Study the leaders. See, one of my leaders that I've studied more than anybody else has been Jesus Christ. It amazes me how one man can cause such controversy in the world more than any of the ten or any of the seven leaders that Ken followed. It's like, wow. 
This is nuts. Wars fought over one man's name. But I tell you what, it's an interesting story. Tomorrow, Chapter 3, Three Types of Leadership. I love this book. It's going to be fun. Folks, you've been listening to the Beachside CEO, heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network. We are the voice in positive-powered radio. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, act like it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.